This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. Mira, what did you like about Ahmed's presentation? Because um, his presentation was on investing yeah. or right, right, right. So um, I really liked how you put it into perspective why we need to invest, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I really. Um, like I'd always heard about inflation, but I never actually thought about what a big impact it has on your everyday life and your future goals. Um, I really liked how you didn't sell us like a get-rich-quick scheme. You were just like, just put your money in here, save it and hold it, and you're guaranteed to get a return on investment. Like you don't need to buy Bitcoin, you don't need to like buy properties and do all this like fancy stuff. Just like here's the two indexes and put your money in them because they're representative of the whole economy. It was very straightforward. I understood the message very well, and most of all, I really liked your passion. You're a very entertaining speaker you're very charismatic I love how you engage with the audience and I really hope you come back and keep coming back keep doing these presentations because I really loved it thank you yeah because one of the first times we met was about investing and all of that so you had right. a very like past history of trying different things of investing mm -hmm. yeah for sure yeah so what would you like tell yourself two or three years ago when you were doing those different investment things like from now honestly like even if you don't have the money to invest you should still use the time to learn about it for mm -hmm. when you do and I still don't think I'm in the position to invest mm -hmm. and um, really uh, do it because I don't have all my ducks in a row yet with my basic financial like security but I'm still learning I'm still learning about the stock market I'm still coming into sessions like Ahmed session and Wade session and like never stop learning because it is such a complicated topic you could spend a lifetime like learning about it and you still won't know everything mm -hmm. and the laws are always changing mm -hmm. the rules are always changing and like econ economy is very complex well so. and also it's emotional mm -hmm. you know so with the change of political climates and different climates and then it's emotional right. for each individual person mm -hmm. yeah and, and that's what, what you had said is like you can't get emotional right. you know or that is true that yeah well i mean figuring that's really, out how to manage your emotion yeah, around i didn't come up with that warren buffett came up with that that's one of his rules he said if you're not willing to lose it then don't trade it you know don't mm -hmm. trade you know don't invest with your rent money <laughs> you know invest with the money invest with your drinking money because it's going to be gone anyway so it doesn't mm -hmm. matter you know invest mm -hmm. with the, your throwaway play for money so i mean that's right mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, I understood from, like, the very first year that most, like, I'm not going to get rich. 
with my job, with my income. I'm just oh, like, this is not no, gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your, you have an engineering degree. Right, and that's, your, go ahead. Yeah. that's considered prestigious, but it's still not millions of dollars, right. you know? So there has to be another way, and I think mm -hmm. the only way we have available to us is through investments. Mm -hmm. So I'm also trying to get up there, I'm trying to build wealth for my children. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. generational. Yeah, generational <laughs> wealth, that's what I want. Yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. Well, and it's also as a first-gen low-income college student, you're used to having like three jobs, and now you don't want to have to. No. your other income no. to be like you don't have to go to that next job. Mm -hmm. Like you know the stress and strain of having multiple jobs mm -hmm. are. <clears throat> And now that you can make money off your money, like you don't have to have another right. job. For as long as you always have to trade time for money, that's a you know they say time is you know time is your time is equal to money. Mm -hmm. You always you you always be capped at how much money you will make. Because going to your engineering firm every day, you would know exactly how much money you would make for that day, for that week, for that year, mm -hmm. right? But it's only when you try to like venture out and do other things and allow your capital to grow on capital. It's really the compound interest effect that I really hammered home in the beginning. And I think that people don't really take that into consideration. You know, a lot of people put their money into a bank account and they say, oh, it just earned $50 this year. That's new shoe money, you know? But it's like, well, think about it. If you leave that $50 in there, next year it's gonna be 75. You see what I'm saying? And it, and it just keeps snowballing and snowballing. And I think that, um, I think Einstein said it was the eighth wonder of the world, compounding interest. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Yeah, and so. he, uh, human restraint to not spend it, you know? Yeah. That's true. That's why you just, that's why some, you know, some things are just, you just put, that's why I said you just put it in there. You don't look at it. Mm -hmm. You just don't worry about it. Because you know you're not going to, if you know, you know, if you know you're not going to be bothering it for the next 10, 15 years, you don't have to be checking on it every day. Mm -hmm. You're just going to stress yourself out with emotions. Right? Yeah, so. I, I don't know how you were a day trader. I would not be able to do any of that. So sure. <laughs> I said, so basically here's what I would do. I would do my research before, mm -hmm. you know, look at the stuff before and I would set what's called a stop loss. Mm -hmm. I would know exactly how much money I was willing to lose. Right. And then I would set what's called a limit order. Basically was, um, or this is actually called a stop limit order, where it's like, if it hits a certain upper price, then it will automatically sell, mm -hmm. right? So usually, okay. so this guy named Adam Koo, he says that you should trade like a casino. Casinos always have odds in their favor of winning every single game, right? right? So if I think that a stock is gonna go up by 3% on the day, then I'm not gonna risk more than 1.5% of my money. Does that make sense? So every risk was calculated. Right. Okay. So really, that's what that's what that's what does you in. That's what that will that that is what will do you in, in tr investing. It's not your wins. It's your losses. Mm -hmm. People don't know when to cut their losses because mm -hmm. it's an ego thing. Oh, it's gonna go back up. It's gonna go back up, and they have this hope, which I'm not saying you shouldn't have hope, but it's like. Don't have hope. <laughs> well, it's one of those things, like with the gambling. It's like, do you double down or not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> like I went to Vegas and I won ten bucks overall, and then, like, I mean, I lost. I, the first day I won like twenty. The second day I lost sixty. Then like the third day I won like eighty back, and then I was up like ten bucks, and I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> I think I'm done. There's no reason for me to keep going. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, it's um, great. Yes, anything else, Ismira? 
with the presentation with Ahmed? Um, we talked a lot, so no mm-hmm. pressure. But. <clears throat> we did talk about a lot. Um, no, I think it was very thorough. Yeah. The, yeah. the compounding interest was, like, I think a great addition. Because, yeah. like, people, I guess, don't really understand why their money goes up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was... Yeah, I was going to say, too, for other students, like, attending workshops, mm-hmm. it's like when those workshops are done by TRIO students or, you know, former TRIO students, mm-hmm. the power of that. Oh, for sure. So, like, the reason I was, like, I'm going to go pay you a visit when, like, I get my job mm-hmm. was because, like, I mean, you TRIO, like, I feel like I trust yeah. you. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, gonna, I don't I think gonna, you're going to be shady. Yeah, I don't think you can be shady to like your fellow trio student like you know where I'm coming from you know what we all went through Mm -hmm. so um, I definitely have more trust just implicitly because we're all kind of in the same boat like Mm -hmm. yeah we we come from different like places and cultures and we have different lives growing up and we sing the same song Mm -hmm. different place same song yeah yeah. I think a lot of people like even if they're not explicitly like I'm gonna make money yeah they're still ambitious I feel like everyone here is very ambitious and they still want to do great things with their college education and their life so Mm -hmm. I think you're going to understand my ambition so I'm going to go see you well that's the emotion you know of of the value of money growing up Mm -hmm. and the emotion of money you know through that whole process of not having enough right and then investing (laughs) is like Uh how are you going to explain that to like say an investment firm can you explain Mm -hmm. your emotions or you know Mm these different um, of never having money before. Oh my God, I'm so glad you brought that up. When I, I got my internship this summer, and it was the first time in my life when I was making like, like a good amount of money. Mm-hmm. Like I had, I was working 40 hours a week, making $17 an hour, which is more than I ever made in my life. And I was, I had too much money in my checking account, and I got very suspicious because I already saved, I already put everything away. I'm like, why is there still that amount in there? What, what am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> right? And it, yeah. right. I was very suspicious for like the first two months. Like something's gonna go wrong. Like there's no way that people just have hundreds of dollars in their checking mm-hmm. account. So you have to get used to it. You have to get used to having a surplus because when you live in the deficit for most of your life, you just mm-hmm. act like you're always gonna be in the deficit. Mm-hmm. So once you have a surplus. Plus, I think like the instinct might be to just take it out and put it in your mattress, because mm-hmm. like something's bad's gonna happen, and you know it will, because mm-hmm. it has before so many times. So that's another adjustment I'm making, because like, like I'm good right now, and yeah. it's been the first year in college where I haven't been struggling. Yeah, and that's, that's still an adjustment. That's good. That's mm-hmm. good. Right. I mean, it is a mindset though. It's a it's a different kind of. Uh, in philosophy, they call it like a paradigm shift, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, you, you, you're thinking one way, but you realize if you keep continuing to think that way, then your, act, then your thoughts will become your actions, and your actions will become your habits, and your habits will basically become your lifestyle. So if you always think you don't have it, then you'll never strive to do more. And I think that's one of the biggest problems that I'm seeing nowadays, that I, I know a lot of people are very ambitious. You know, they want to run the race. They want to do all the things things that they want you know they have the life goals you know I want to buy my mom a car you know I want to buy my mom a house but they don't know how to do it so what they end up doing is they run it they end up running the rat race they say oh I need more money I'm gonna get a second job that pays $11 an hour right when in reality and that's before taxes and that's before taxes so you know if so you know that time that $11 an hour that they're you know 
that 15 hours a week that they're spending at a job, yeah, they may generate a little bit of more money for it, but that time could be better off spent studying to make them $40 an hour in the next mm -hmm. position. But, you know, they, it's hard for some people to see long term because they've been in a deficit. And when you're in a deficit for so long, you don't think long term. Mm -hmm. You think tomorrow. Exactly. I got to eat tonight. What can I do tonight so right. I can eat? Right, so right. I do understand that. I understand that completely. Yeah, and you know how to apply for like a low wage job. Like you know how to walk into mm -hmm. a food, you know, restaurant mm -hmm. and get a job. But then investing, it's so scary and you don't know how to do it. So sometimes mm -hmm. it's like, well, I know how to get a, you know, part time job. Like I even know how to manage to fit that in my life. Like I can do that. I've done that before. Mm -hmm. But then when you say no invest, yeah. it's like <clears throat> scary or I've never known anybody to invest. Right. That's like a rich people thing. Like that's what my yeah. mom thinks it is. Like if I ever bring it up, mm -hmm. she's like, just don't don't mess with that rich people stuff. <laughs> Yeah. My mom told me the same thing. She was like, why would you do that? Why won't you just go out and get a safe job and stuff like that? And I was like, because safety doesn't bring, like, you an exciting life. It just brings you an average life, which is fine. But yeah, like, how did you first learn about investing? Um, so I was in sociology 203, which is actually a really good class. And we were talking about the 2008 financial crisis. And... Um, the teacher was like really like bashing the people who made money during that time. You know, the professor, she was like, you know, these people are awful, you know, like they made millions of dollars while people lost their homes. And that was a terrible moment. You know, I'm not making light of that situation. I think I, I mentioned that in the thing. Um, you know, that was a terrible moment. Um, but, you know, if you ask yourself, if you go back, you know, if you could go back and reinvest or if you could go back and live 2007 over again, what side would you be on? And I asked myself that question, what side would I be on? Because my football coach, I always used to say, Ahmed, either you're gonna be the hammer or you're gonna be the nail. Which one do you wanna be? And I don't wanna be the nail, so. And so, you know, I, I, I understood, you know, what actually happened, and I think that some of her views were misguided, but ultimately, through the 2008 recession, you know, financial crisis, I learned about markets and I learned about how people were making money. And not that it was easy, but that anyone could do it if you just had the mindset of, oh, I just wanna learn a little bit more about this, right? So it was really just through a class. And at the time I was in a business, I was, um, I was in my own online marketing business. And so the main idea of that business was not to trade your time for money, right? It's to create an asset that will work for you as you're out creating other assets. Basically, the idea was don't be a cashier, make a vending machine, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So instead of you being a cashier, you standing there working, limited, make some, make some vending machines and then yeah. you just come back and collect the money later. Mm -hmm. That was the idea of that business. And so then I took that idea and I branched it with this investing idea. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think I might have something here because I enjoy doing it. Mm -hmm. It's the lifestyle that I want. I don't want to work 40 hours a week. I don't like nine to five. I don't like sitting in traffic. Oh my gosh, I hate yeah. driving to work with traffic in the morning. So 
Because um, what was, how was money talked about in your family, like growing up or working? It was very scarce. I mean, like just being, you know, just completely, you know, candid and vulnerable. Um, I think my mom, she might have made around 16000 with three kids, mm-hmm. which is, you know, that's, you can't even live on that by yourself. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. know, and then I mean, on a good year, it was 18000 Woo. <laughs> you know, but so with that kind of mindset, you know, it was government assistance, you know, not the best neighborhoods, you know, people not necessarily wanting to do better, but just kind of like more complacent. So, you know, the money was very scarce. And I come from a place where it's like, you didn't do extra, you just did kind of just enough to get by because everyone was so afraid to do anything extra. Because like you mentioned earlier, living in that deficit, that mindset of, I gotta eat tonight. What can I do to eat tonight? You know, and so, you know, I told myself that if I have to starve a couple nights in order for me to eat a steak later, I'll do that instead of eating ramen every night. You know, like this week, uh, this is the third day of this week, this previous week. Mm -hmm. I was up three days out of this week past five o'clock in the morning. Last night I was up past five o'clock. I went to bed this morning at seven o'clock. Doing what? Studying. Studying. Oh, for your tests? Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. studying for my tests, but I mean, yeah. it's like, you know, people are like, well, why are you doing that? It's like, you know, just go to bed. It's like, really, think about this for a second. A three-hour nap, three, four-hour nap versus hundreds of thousands of dollars in the future. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, what are you studying for? Because you're not, you've already graduated. I've already graduated. I'm studying for the SIE exam, which is a preliminary exam before you take your Series 7 and Series 66, which is basically your stockbroker's license and, like, so you can do, like, insurance and other things like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. What's the pass rate for those? Like, I, do you need to, like, so, study as much as you do? Or are you over-preparing? So, I mean, it's a little bit of both. Um, I got a couple days behind because I was traveling. Um, I think the pass rate for the SIE is around 70%. Um, but the thing with these exams is the SIE, anyone can take it as long as you're over 18. But for the licensing exams, like stockbrokers, like Series 7, you have to be sponsored by a corporation or a company. Like you just can't go and take it. And my company sponsored me. So that's why it's really... That's why it's really yeah. important that I pass these exams because I just can't. It's not like I can just go and be like, eh, two months, I'll take it on my own. I can't do that. Right. You have to be sponsored. Right. right. My employer mm-hmm. is sponsoring these things. Mm-hmm. So anytime they're willing to give me training, I'm willing to take it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they, yeah, they provide you with training to help you pass the test, mm-hmm. too. Yep, and it's paid training. So you know how that is. You get as much training as you can from your job, and then... Yeah, because that's like an investment to you because yeah. then you can get a higher paying job or a better job. That's true. Yeah, from That's there. true. And I think a lot of people, too, negate that, you know, they want a million-dollar salary with a $10 an hour work ethic. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you can't have both. Mm-hmm. You can't. Either you're going to work hard for it and make yourself more valuable or you're going to be people. How can I say this? You, you, can't, you can't have a million-dollar work ethic and make $10 an hour. To a certain degree, you can't, so. You don't mind, I just like, I like hearing his story. Who needed to hear Ahmed two years from now or couldn't come to the conference? Oh, I see. And so, like, here's this, like, wealth of information, genius, and experience, perspective. I mean, I think that's too with three students. It's like perspective that you can't, it's like. It's the, that experience, I think, of having to 
figure things out. At least that's what it was for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, because you have lived experience. Then you have like that ambition, that yeah. like goal setting, kind of an enthusiasm about it. Like I'm gonna do this, and I I think about this all day long. You know, this is like an emotional thing that I'm committed to, um, and committed to it in a compassionate way. Again, yeah. like you said, I want to buy my mom a house. I want to, and that's what when we do interviews, it's like, what are your top three goals of life? You know, mm-hmm. in the every trio interview at least two of those have to do with somebody else. Yeah. You know, or just have to do with like, I just don't want to worry anymore. You know, so it's like this kind of compassionate um, way of doing it. Um, And then you have intelligence. So I think it's like you can't have a level of intelligence without that lived experience and that ambition. So you're always taking in learning and like mediating it in your head. Like, what does this mean? where you don't show up and just like, yeah, like I've never had to worry about anything. Because at an 18 year old, I don't know if you sense this in your peer group, but you can tell the people who've never had to, you know, it's just almost like kind of this like lazy. It's just kind of like, yeah, Yeah. whatever. Yeah, I've seen that a lot too. And that impacts intelligence. Like, cause you're not, like they're not absorbing what you're absorbing. Mm -hmm. We also have like a sense of urgency that I don't see in a lot of other people. Yes. Like, yeah. like there's a sense of urgency. Like there are people mm-hmm. counting on me to get through this True. and mm-hmm. like make something out of myself because they'll benefit. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have a little brother and he's 13 and he's gonna go to. I'm gonna make sure he goes to college, <laughs> right? Yeah. And I want him to be able to call me up whenever he's having problems with his bills and I can like help him out. Right. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking about my little brother. You know, my mom. I mean, my mom. My mom's sick. So mm-hmm. at some point, she's not gonna be able to work. So I'm thinking about her. So there's a there's like a sense of urgency that you have that other people might not, uh-huh. yeah. where uh-huh. they can just be like, you know, I'll figure it out later. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. I got time. Yeah, and that's why I think as a person, like as a human being, I am attracted more, like or invigor, like um, I benefit from that person who has a motivation to do something, and it's for somebody else. I mean, it's like coming from a, like a very personal mm-hmm. place rather than somebody who's just like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'll just, you know, yeah, I don't know. I'll just go with the flow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like with the the um, the maturity, like you have the maturity of having to make decisions yourself, like decide on goals, figure out what you have to do. You're not sitting there going, oh, I wonder what I should do, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, how do you think the difference is, like, say, even with your colleagues at work, have you noticed a difference between... So, all my stuff now is just working from home. Oh, okay. But, Mm -mm. I know, but um, with, I guess, like, but with my old, because most of the people that, my other, only other experience was in my IT position here at State, Mm -hmm. and I worked with the HR office, the business office. So basically people are like all older than me, married mm-hmm. and all established, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I guess what people like my age per se, they don't necessarily think about the longevity mm-hmm. of things. You know, they think mm-hmm. more short-sighted where it's like, you know, I'll basically, there's a, there's a saying in my hometown where it goes, you know, you don't sell, um, you don't sell your car for gas money, right? And that's kind of what they do, right? Where right. it's like, or you put the wagon before the, 
put the yeah, yeah, put the wagon before the horse, and so. So you don't sell your car for gas money. Right. Yeah, I just want to make it through those. Exactly. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, you just make sure that you have you, you have to have some kind of plan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't I don't like doing stuff without knowing the plan, like knowing what I'm going to get into. Everything I'm not going to be able to plan, of course. Mm-hmm. But you know, to a certain degree, it's like my day is usually planned out and I have friends who are like why do you spend so much time planning it's because my time is valuable mm-hmm. right so yeah, like, yeah 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 I'm no for sure no all the time like mm-hmm. I can't do this mm-hmm. well that's like we have a couple of students um, former students um, and then obviously there's a lot of people that do it but we're like they are their income mm-hmm. like my worth if you want me to come speak to your company yep. I am worth this much yep. um, if you want me to consult you want me to come and help you out or you know whatnot you pay me this much like mm-hmm. I have a value and I have a number value like yeah. a dollar value yeah and I think that's the thing too is figuring that out like say when you're doing um consulting or advising mm-hmm. is like how much what's the worth of your knowledge right and what's the worth of um even your experience and how you deal with a client and what you can do for a client mm-hmm. and that's hard sometimes to figure out but that's where you can say I have a value like my mind yeah. my yeah. you know what comes I'm out of my mouth mm-hmm. yeah I'm worth this amount mm-hmm. yep. so I've definitely done that before especially mm-hmm. in my last position because I was making as a student I was making $12 an hour right mm-hmm. I mean as a student it's not bad mm-hmm. right but then um I asked my boss, I was like, hey, you know, like, I'm gonna be full time. Well, I was I kind of already working full time, like, as a student. But I was like, you know, I'm basically like, I was, I'm just gonna be here full time working. Mm-hmm. You know, can I get a raise? And like, we need, you know, talk about this. Mm-hmm. Basically, I was able to get that $12 raise bumped up to 19 an hour. Mm-hmm. Right? So that was yeah. a pretty successful, you know, that was a pretty. Can you talk to my job. boss? <laughs> You tell let's me what it. to say. Let's do it. Let's sit down and you know, let's, let's look at the hours you work mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. let's look at the cost benefit of time spent. You know, I mean, that's, I don't know. I don't know how it is, but, you know, when there's a, there's a, oh, you know, when there's a will, there's a way, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I don't know how to put it. Mm-hmm. You just, you just fight for the things you want. And that's one thing that I will always do is I'll always ask. People say you ask for too much stuff. But I'm yeah. All you I'm need now. is twenty five percent of them to get yeses. Yep. You know, for yep. some things. Mm-hmm. I admire that. That's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to work on. Is mm-hmm. that like I don't? I'm trying to get that confidence because <laughs> I, I didn't have that much of it like growing yeah. up. So I'm trying to like build it, yeah. like know your worth and stuff. Because like, how did you feel at your internship? Because were you all engineers? Or what yes. Was your yeah. Yes, but I didn't. I I did not negotiate because I was like just so desperate <laughs> to have yeah. a position, mm-hmm. and you need one before you graduate, or you're not gonna, like, no firm's gonna pick you up because we're yeah. such a small, we're such a small specialty. Yeah. Um. So I didn't negotiate. Now that now that you say that, I wish I did because they just said 17 an hour, and I'm like, okay, I'm just yeah. happy to get it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And that's sure. your first position. That's okay. You know, yeah, so yeah. the next one, uh-huh. mm-hmm. if they offer 17, it's like, nope, yeah. I'm more now worth mm-hmm. 19, 21. Because yeah. I had a company that offered me 21, mm-hmm. right? And I turned it down. I said, no, because the sometimes it's not even so much about the money. It's about the work environment. Mm-hmm. Working at State is easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is the easiest job I ever had. Like... 
Yeah, to, at to least for me it was. Space. For <laughs> me at least, and depending on what you do, it can be super easy. My job was really easy because I only work with administration. The administration. I didn't work with students. Rarely work with professors, mm-hmm. right? So most things, you know, most things didn't really break. So mm-hmm. with that being said, I was making 19 an hour basically to do two hours of work a day. Mm-hmm. Now, am I gonna go to another company making 21 an hour that's mm-hmm. further away from my home, where I have to work six hours a day? Mm-hmm. No, do I mean like do actual six hours of work? That's what right. I'm saying. Right. So sometimes right. a higher salary doesn't really matter, depending on how much you're working. But what did I do? And what you that value? Time? Right. But what did it feel like in that work environment for you, was Mira? Oh my God. So engineering is a very yeah. male, old white man field. Yeah. Very much. Uh-huh. Uh, I think I'm like the youngest person in my office. Oh, I'm awesome. 23. Like, uh-huh. there's only one other intern, and she's a communications intern, so she's not even doing engineering work. And it's a regional office, so it's like four there floors. Should be, right. Yeah, four more. floors. There should be a lot more diversity. There should be a lot more. I mean, yeah, interns uh-huh. and all that uh-huh. kind of uh-huh. stuff. Uh-huh. Um, so I was like. Yeah, there's not gonna be, like, this is this is my way to get in. There's uh-huh. not gonna be another position uh-huh. that opens up. Y'all don't hire that much. Yeah. Um, I, I noticed, like, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I think also, like, if you're coming from a background, like, you're a person of color, you're from uh-huh. an underprivileged background, you're a woman in engineering or something. Uh-huh. Like You're, you're gonna, underrepresented in, like, so many ways. Wherever you are, you know? Like, um, it's gonna be hard. It's hard to get that confidence because no one like taught it to me, you know, like you have to teach it to yourself. And like, I'm trying to study other people that are like that. Like I'm trying to study how confident the dudes are in the office, just going up to their boss and asking for days off and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so I think I'm, I'm trying to learn. Uh-huh. But then uh-huh. there is always that risk that how am I being perceived? But that's like, I don't know. I heard finance isn't that diverse either. So I'm sure everybody like struggles with that mm-hmm. in whatever field you go to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and the higher, yeah, the. Yeah. I mean, for sure, it's just. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I was just happy to have a foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, you know, keep it open mm-hmm. and open mm-hmm. it wider. Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.